This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Welcome to Caps Chirp. <laughs> How you how how you feeling, Polly? How are those feet feeling? Uh comfy. I yeah. feel like I'm walking on clouds right now, even though I'm sitting. <laughs> so we've got to tell you, Caps fans, about uh, a bit of a promo that we've we've been offered, and uh, that's from SummerSkates.com. They sell these badass sandals made out of like real hockey laces. Uh, right now, they have these awesome Ovechkin yellow laced uh you know with the with the blue and red uh as Polly just showed summer skates out they're really I mean these are sweet comfortable sandals they're cool looks like you can wear them outside like they're pretty much uh all you need in the summer and they're probably going to leave some pretty six tan lines on my foot for sure yeah you know the only thing I'd probably recommend not using them for is as your shower sandals because of the laces. Right. But these things are too nice to be shower sandals anyway. These are, you take these out and <laughs> when you need to, you know, air out the hooves, you, you wear these bad boys because it's like jewelry for your feet. <laughs> Absolutely. So go to summerskates.com, order a pair. If you order a pair right now, you will be gifted a free koozie also made out of the same material with the you know with the real uh hockey laces and they have like like the inside of this of the uh sandal and koozie is kind of like this like plush cushiony material that's like really nice and that's what they've made this koozie out of that we're using today and all in all Pretty cool. Pretty cool product. Check them out at Summer Skates on Instagram and Twitter and summerskates.com. Get you a pair. Thank us later. Yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10. Would recommend. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Caps fans, we've got a great episode for you. We're going to cover some uh, league news, some goings on around the league, along with a bit of Caps news, and we've brought on a special guest, Richard Blosser of the Grit and Bear, or yeah, the Grit and Barrett podcast, who covers the Hershey Bears. It's a new podcast. He's got some podcast experience. Love this guy's energy. Uh, he's definitely been shouting us out on social media. So check out his podcast, and we have him on the interview uh, later in this episode just to talk about. AHL prospects in Hershey and what the Caps can expect within the next couple of years in basically every position. It was a it was a good interview. Yeah, I wasn't uh, available to join, so I'm looking forward to listening it listening to it just like all you fans. Absolutely. So I guess for that, we might as well just get it started, huh, Polly? Just do it. One, two, three. All right. So. Not so much league news, but I think we have to. I think this is top of the show worthy. Is kind of a really big downer um, in current events. Alex Trebek, man, of the host of Jeopardy for my entire life and beyond, um, dies at age eighty of pancreatic cancer. I mean, this dude was a fighter till the end. Uh, if you watch Jeopardy, I'm quite good at Jeopardy and probably the best ever. 
Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I, you know, always watch Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. It's it's a it's an awesome show. And Trebek had to take some time off to get chemo. Finished chemo and had a really good prognosis. Was incredibly positive. Just like the consummate fucking professional this guy was. Yeah. Just such a pro taking life day by day. And, you know, I mean, he came out and was like, you know what? I'm not afraid of like whatever happens next, but I'm going to do my best to beat this thing. And things were looking good, but uh, he, uh, you know, he, he apparently has succumbed to his pancreatic cancer illness and he dies at age 80. So I think the world's really kind of lost a legend. Absolutely. Uh, rest in peace. Jeopardy will never be as good. Right. No matter who comes in. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you, who do you even replace? I think they're going to try to get that, the Kenneth guy. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. One of the, one of the like ultimate champions. Right, like the best ever. They actually had a tournament. And it's funny because before Trebek passed away, like they started doing a lot more tournaments about around like the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And and I can't remember his name. Kenneth. It's Kenneth either Jones. I don't know. Whatever. He uh, he ended up winning that. So he's like greatest of all time. Yeah, I'd have to say that's probably the best possible replacement. But the shoes will never be filled. Right. I mean, I would hate for Jeopardy to bring in like a Jimmy Jimmy Fallon type character oh, or yeah. something equivalent to that in the trivia world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it'd have to be somebody smart. You can't just plop a celebrity in there just because they're right. like a recognizable face. Right. Someone with a scholarly air for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't really know much, much about Alex Trebek outside of outside of uh jeopardy but you just look at that guy and how he handles himself and you're like this dude's smart as shit (laughs) yeah you know it says that air about him so man rest in peace that's a huge part of american culture i feel that is just gone now and he's canadian i know but i mean you know what i mean well no it's just you know the the land of immigrants one of the biggest parts of american culture he was an import absolutely so you know, best to his family, rest in peace, you know, sad day, but I'm glad that he's no longer in pain if he was in any at all. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I guess, sorry to bring you down at the top of the show, but we got some stuff that'll hopefully bring you back up. Uh, well, we do have uh, one more. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim Nielsen, he's a 16 year vet. He played 12 seasons with the Rangers. He's a defenseman. He, uh, in the past couple of days, he died at the age of 79. Wow. Well, rest in peace there. I don't remember him too much. Do you know when his last season was? Probably uh, back in the day. Like huh? the 60s, probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. If he's 79. Right. Right. All right. Well, I guess there was more. Um, bad news, but moving now, on to some good news. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll bring it back up. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least for some, at least on the player side. So there's, there's some players going into arbitration. Yeah. So Tyler Bertuzzi is the only one who went through and got a contract awarded by an arbitrator. Mm. Uh, everybody else just signed. Okay. 
Uh, he's uh, he's 26, and he or no, I'm sorry, he's 25, and he got a one-year 3.5 million contract. Um, last year he was an All-Star uh, selection, so mm-hmm. uh, you know I think 3.5 is pretty fair for him. Yeah, the the Wings have the money. Um, it's interesting because you would. Well, you know, that club's in the shitter right now, right now. but, like, <clears throat> there was talk about him being the next captain because Larkin's kind of a fuckhead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's interesting that the Wings actually went to court, went through the hearing and everything with him. Yeah, I, if he's going to be their captain, why are you taking him to arbitration? Right. I wonder how... how uh, how low ball they were going. Cause generally like we, you know, we talked about this on previous episodes where it's generally, you know, the club says, we'll give you two. And then the player's like, I want four arbitrator goes, how about three? And then everybody's like, Oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, though 3.5 for one year seems like a pretty, that's generally, that's a pretty high contract. I feel like out of arbitration. So it, Sounds like the arbitrator kind of took the player side just a little bit. Not not saying in bias or anything, because it really is supposed to be a uh, like you know um, a bipartisan or uh, objective kind of arbitrator, right? That's why that's why we have it at the right. NHL. So you know, good for Bertuzzi betting on himself though with a one year deal, mm-hmm. and he's still young enough. That it's a smart plan. Sure. He, he, you know, by the time he's 26, maybe he has a standout season. And I, I don't feel like he's going to make any less than 3.5 unless he absolutely tanks it this season for probably the rest of his career. Be- yeah. He got 48. It was a career high. Um, points. I, yeah. Points. I think if he, 45, as long as he hits 45, he's going to match this price for an extended time if not more sure i mean he's a 20 goal kid those are harder to come by you know you're paying for that yeah. you hit that 20 goal mark and you can deliver that consistently you know you're in the you're in the four to five million dollar a year range i'd say yeah for you know more than one year a couple years two yeah. three years i mean at he, least. he puts up those kind of numbers you know maybe five year four million dollar contract well, yeah four a year right yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a a fair um benchmark there for for him to set. So, good luck to him. We'll see what he can do in Detroit. Uh Brendan Lemieux agrees to terms on a 2-year, 3.1 million dollar contract with the Rangers on Friday with an average annual value of one and a half, 155 mil. So, I I I don't mind this young kid uh, the Rangers are very much on their rebuild. You know, when they when they announced it, you thought it was going to be like a five-year thing. But in two years, they've really, really done a good job. I think that for the young guys that are around this, you know, and if you're not getting crazy deals be, or offer sheets sent to you, I would want to stay with the Rangers because they're up and coming and it'd be great to, ha- you know, bond with – if you like the team – as yeah. a player, bond with the boys and stay with this team until they're a contender, which looks to be within the next few years. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like they're in a position to be what the Avalanche are now. Right. You know, because four or five years ago, the Avalanche were not great. So I think they kind of are the next installment of what Colorado is right now. You know, Colorado is their cup contender, you know, until further notice. I think the Rangers will make a deep run as soon as five years from now. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think that they've done a great job. They've gotten some good performance out of their young draft picks and then, and then lucking out and getting that first round, you know, Lafreniere this year. I mean, that's just the cherry on top. Yeah. That's just, that's just adding fuel to the fire, if you will. So I I would want to stay on this team and, and it's, um, it's not surprising that Brendan Lemieux saw that and decided to settle outside of the arbitration. Yeah, definitely. So who's, who's, who's next? (laughs) Mackenzie Weger. Uh, Yeah. I don't even know who he is, but uh, he signed a three-year contract with Florida. They did not disclose the terms. Interesting. Um, like I said, I, I don't really know anything about the guy, but you know, three-year contract in the show, that's nice. Yeah, It's, it's farther than we've ever made it, Polly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, so, Vatislav Ga- Gavrikov. Gavrikov. Uh, three-year, $8.4 million contract with the Blue Jackets on Thursday. $2.8 million a year. This dude's a forward. I don't yeah. even know. I don't know who this guy is at all. Yeah, I don't know, honestly. Okay. But young kid, again, Columbus, against all odds, has continued to show that they're not out of this thing. Though they're, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think I would call them a perennial cup contender at the, in this stage. They're coaching uh, with Tortorella in there really has 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 the has the right ideas to like how to play in the NHL and be be relevant at least, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, with this uh with this Gavrikov kid, they must have seen some sort of uh potential here. He's making some good money and if he stands out, you know, he that's a jumping off point to either get paid more by Columbus or stay in the show and go somewhere else. And really that's what these contracts are designed to be, right? These bridge deals. Yeah. Unless you're an Ovechkin, a Lafreniere, a McDavid, an Eichel, you're not your your second contract after your entry level contract, because you know, you have to give the club what, one to three years on an entry level deal to to feel you out, make sure you're not a total bust. But once that goes down and you get extended, it's very rare for anyone to go past three years on a bridge deal, right? That's what a bridge deal is, comes after the entry-level contract and acts as a bridge between – it's like your adolescence or your teenage years between um, your infancy and your adulthood in the NHL. Mm-hmm. It's like you've proven that you deserve to be here, but now you need to prove how much you're worth. Well put. That's exactly right. So – you know, that's really all we have right now for, for league news. No updates on the start of the NHL, though I am optimistic about January 1 start, man. I'm still optimistic about it. Everybody keeps saying that it's going to be pushed back, but I, 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 they, they, the NHL did such a great job doing the bubble thing with a lot of teams, right? All but, what, four? Yeah. What's to say that they can't do this league-wide for an extended period of time in a less stringent environment, right? Because it was the height of the pandemic back when they did it. 
and now it's things have supposedly settled though cases are surging um <clears throat> you know we want to keep everybody safe and and whatnot but there there needs to be a point i guess when we understand as as a society that you've either been exposed and had it and had no symptoms and passed it or you've gotten sick and been affected terribly by it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's kind of just what the hell do we do now and, and at what point is that safe to say okay everybody kind of like herd immunity it right mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> you know I've, I've seen a lot of people say like oh it was because it's stupid we should have done that from the beginning but the whole point of this whole gradually releasing it into the general population would be to not have dead bodies being piled up at a hospital, right? Cause let's say the 200,000 people all happened in a month, which would have happened likely if we didn't do anything, that would have been a terrible situation, right? Yeah. And probably a lot of people would have, even more people would have died uh, needlessly if they could have gotten help without overcrowded hospital systems. So I'm no scientist. I don't know when the fuck this shit's going to, going to even out or, or calm down. Um, you know, I would love that a big, you know, I don't know, COVID killing bomb would just drop from the sky and the whole world would be great. You know, I'd love somebody to wave a magic wand, but it doesn't look like that. And you have to think that the example of the NHL is shown in the bubble and how quickly they got ready for things and how, you know, how swiftly they acted. And, and basically we're just like, this is the way it's going to fucking be set up all the testing and everything, you know. Uh, it's it's a wonder as to what's going on. Uh, I and I, I think it's within their within their powers to do it, but I also think that at the end of the day, it's a money game, right, Paulie? Oh, definitely. You know they they want to be safe, but they also want to make money. So they need to find a way to not lose money and get way past breaking even. Right, and. As we've covered on this podcast many, many times, the main driver of revenue for the NHL is still ticket sales, right? Unfortunately, we're not the NFL or the NBA where TV deals are the biggest thing. You know, I mean, I feel like the NFL, you could find almost every game every Sunday, right? And all the motherfucking games get played on one day. Well, at least 99, 95% of them, right? Well, yeah, I mean, the NFL is smart about it. They only they they show you, except for the primetime games, only what's in your market. So right. they they force a lot of people into buying special packages. Ah. So, I mean, that might be the way to go if they're not going to put people in the stands, make fans buy a package, and maybe still show a couple national broadcasts, but, um, you know, don't. Uh, don't let people just watch it for free, and that might be their way to make the money and still uh, not rely on admission. <clears throat> right, and you know the TV deal is kicking in, and I believe it's this year. So, while that's a boost, I still don't think it's going to, to make up for the billions in, in revenue that the NHL is going to lose. I actually saw a tweet that said that advisors, those financial people or whatever that advise the NHL has said that it would be economically best for the NHL if they just canceled the season. Great. Which, fuck that that advisor. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't like that. Yeah. We, 
That's not shit we want to hear. Please tell us things that we would like to hear only and then execute on those. Yes. Right. Five stars only. Five stars only. (laughs) All right. So should we talk some caps? Might as well. So there was, uh, or I'm sorry, this week in the in the Washington wraparound, we've got just a couple quick things before we kick you off to our interview with Richard Blosser of the Grit and Barrett podcast. He covers the Hershey Bears, so definitely check him out if you're interested in, in prospects. Uh, you know, Polly and I barely have anything good to say to begin with. So we're even more, uh, I guess, remiss and letting you, the listener, down because we don't talk a lot of prospects. And I think, one, that's been because we haven't had a lot to talk about in prospect quality. We've been rated uh, by one of the athletic writers as the worst farm team like two or three years in a row, uh, worst pipeline in the NHL, Um, which that hurts a little bit, but... (laughs) I guess that's what you do. That's what you can expect when you're shipping out prospects for win now players, right? And that's what the Caps have to do. It's win now every year, and it has been for probably the past what ten. Though we've we've gotten glory once, I definitely think it's fine to be shitty for ten years if we get another cup while Ov is 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 still here. What do you I think? agree. Yeah, I I would take ten years of no playoffs to get Ovi another cup. Absolutely, and would you take fifteen for two more cups back to back? Yep. Yeah, I would too. I would too. <laughs> once once Ovi's gone, they're gonna completely change their mindset, and it's gonna be they're gonna prob. I I think they're gonna look more towards the development path. Sure, and you know what, the Caps have done a brilliant job of of building through the draft. I mean. Every single goaltender that we've had come through um, as a starter has gone through the farm system and and we've drafted. Uh, John Carlson, Jacob Verana, and we talk about these guys, Jay Beagle, um, you know, Chandler Stevenson, I think, was, was a Hershey guy. You know, like, we've done a good job drafting and it's just that right now the, the pickings were slim because we went through a really big push. We had that quote-unquote two-year window that we biffed, right? And saw those assholes in Pittsburgh win two back-to-back. So that hurt. But we really sold the farm to get that team together. And then we sold the farm on the third year when we actually won it. Mm-hmm. So it's to be expected. You would you would love to not be dead last at least, right? Right. But – that's how it works. When you're a successful team, you don't get to pick as high in the draft. So you have to be incredibly shrewd on who you're drafting and how you're drafting them, right? Yeah, and I mean, look at um, Chicago, L.A., Anaheim. Like Those are teams that had a solid chunk of years, and now they're recovering from it. Exactly. You just you don't stay on top and keep winning cups for decades at a time. And I mean, even look at Detroit, who we talked about earlier in this podcast, like they for years had an incredible scouting system and a great pipeline and then all the cups and success. And then, you know, 
20 odd years of making the playoffs consecutively. And now you look at him and it's like shit is depleted, right? Mm -hmm. And it shows on, on their final product in the NHL. So yeah, Detroit, New Jersey, you know, just every, you know, everything cycles, right? Ebbs and flows, right? It's really hard to build a dynasty in hockey. Mm -hmm. And especially in the cap space, cap, the hard cap era. Because back in the day when, you know, the Canadians were winning like five cups in a row, the Islanders, you know, there's no cap. So they could just be rich and buy their team. Right. Not the case anymore. But going back to Ovechkin, I've seen a lot of news uh, within the Caps nation about where Ovechkin would like to go at the end of his career. And this is 100% speculatory, first of all. And OV opens up, I think, I think a lot of the Russian players open up a little bit more in their hometown media, like when they're talking to Russians. Mm-hmm. And they also aren't dumbasses. They know that they're, the audience is Russian. So they're not going to be like, listen, uh, I'll be back in Russia when I'm completely clapped out. Like, I am going to be a mere shadow of my former self when I was a rookie by the time I sign again with the Dynamo. Which is what Ovechkin has said he wanted to do. He wants to retire in Moscow. Uh, recently, he said he's come out and said this on Russian media. He wants to retire in Moscow in about five years ish, and then he. But the context around that people are missing is that he says, as long as I'm competitive in the NHL, I want to play at the NHL level, mm-hmm. because I don't think there's anybody out there refuting, or if they are, they're doing it in a. They're just wrong. That the NHL is by far the best professional hockey league in the world. Don't you think, Polly? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think anybody can say that there it's not. I mean, there are other, you know, AAA leagues or top leagues in the world. But if you took the All-Stars in those leagues, like the KHL, and put them against the All-Stars of the NHL, it wouldn't even be a contest. Right? I mean, I think that, I think that the NHL players would handily win. I think Russia proved that when they... In uh, Sochi, they had like half their roster were KHL guys and right. they didn't even qualify. Exactly. Right. So, well, they qualified because it was in Sochi, but they, well, they, they didn't Not medal. for the medal round. Yeah. They didn't even get on the podium. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, that being said, I, I just think that they they always blow this up and then it stirs the pot. And I understand why they do it because it's the only news. It's a slow news cycle right now and... You always want to talk and hear about what Ovi's plans are. I mean, why not? He's the best goal scorer in NHL history. Everybody wants to know. But when Ovi says this, I fully – so at the end of if, – if he plays for another five years, it would make him 45. No, 40. Oh, 40. I'm sorry. Yeah, 40. My bad. But I think that he could – the way that he's aging now, I think that he could still go out there and play on the Dynamo at age 50 and be like a middle six guy. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> – Yager's doing it. Yeah, exactly. And as beastie is is as much of a beast as Yager is, I don't think that he's uh naturally as gifted as Ovi in that sense of being able to just play forever and, and being so healthy throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So I you know, and I you know, knock on wood that all of this stuff that I'm saying that, you know, he doesn't come out and like destroy himself this next season, Ovechkin. But the way he's aging, I think he's going to, you know, that 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 gives him till 45 
if he signs a five-year deal, which that deal talk has been tabled until training camp. The last we heard was that he was offered $10 million a year for five years. That was supposedly rejected. This is, again, all spe- this is rumors. There's The GM's never come out and said it. Ovi's never come out and said it, but that's what has been stirring, right? $10 million a year for five years, which is about a half million raise for five years. Ovi wants closer to 13. He wants McDavid money, and we talked about this. You can't refute it. He's been the best goal scorer in his last contract. In the last eight years, he's been the best goal scorer literally every single year except for like one or two, right? Mm-hmm. I I get it. You can't really – you can't refute it, right? And he's won a cup with the team. So I think that they're going to come to a deal five years, whatever it is, six years, seven years. It, does, it doesn't matter. I think that they're going to come to a deal. Um, and it's going to be a lot of money. And Ovi knows that. He needs to finish this contract. If he signs for another five years, he only has to score about 34 goals a year to eclipse Gretzky. Again, the pace that he's going, he could get that by year four. Mm -hmm. And then year five is just a fucking victory lap. Yeah, it'll be... if, If he comes back after breaking the record, that next season, I feel like it'll be like when Kobe was in his final season, yeah. like every arena is going to give him like a goodbye video and <laughs> shit. It's just, a, it's a farewell tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I think that a lot of people read too far into this and, and then, you know, the, the shitbag pylons who've always been against Ovechkin saying that he's going to defect to Russia when he was like 25 or whatever, uh, like Kovalchuk did are just haters. Mm-hmm. They're dumb as shit. They don't understand. They don't know anything about the player uh, or the team, the relationship that they have. So everybody, chill the fuck out. Ovi's gonna be here for at least five more years. Uh, you know, quote unquote, God willing. That's what I, I see that quote a lot in uh, in Russian in Russian uh, interviews. God willing. That must be a phrase. Yeah, it's a phrase. No, but I mean, like that must be like a a Russian phrase that's pretty common. I mean. I don't. I don't hear you saying "God willing" all the time, Polly. No, I feel like it's not very prevalent these days. <laughs> Much to Polly's chagrin, "God willing" is has fallen out of favor of the slang of today's youth. I feel like it's more of like what you'd hear in like '80s movies. Yeah, yeah, right. Or like Crusade movies, like The Last Kingdom, <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Anyways, everybody chill the fuck out. Ovi's going to be here. He's going to break the record. He's going to win another cup. Uh, book it now. I've never been wrong. Never. Not once. Speaking of which, and, and we're, we're, we're on the Ovi train, what does he think about no hitting in the OHL? So his quote was something along the lines of, um, you can't have no hitting in hockey because then that turns it into ballet. Something like that. Um, so he is not in favor of it. And I, I agree with him. And of course he feels that way. Look at the way he plays the game. Right. I don't think anybody is though. That's a waste of a development year. Wouldn't you think like, yeah, I mean, I can speak, you know, cause I not at the NHL level or anything, or even junior level, even junior C level. Um, 
leaving the hitting game, playing beer league, and then coming back to the hitting game fucked my shit all up. Like I, I got it back. I think by the end, by like the first season back, but still my body positioning was trash on a lot of plays. You know, I'm playing the puck too much where I should be playing the body. Um, and then aside from that, there's the safety concern. You know, these OHO guys are going to get bad habits in about, you know, keeping their head down and, and, you know, being too fancy. And then they're going to start getting hit by actual like men in the NHL is, and how do you, how do you even rate? Because the OHL is a huge draft pool, a huge Mm -hmm. talent pool for the NHL. How, how are you even going to compare apples to apples in that year? I feel it's a throwaway. Yeah, completely. It is. Even more so than like going into Europe and playing, because at least in Europe you can lay the lay the body. Yeah, and they have bigger ice, so at least you're coming back a little bit better conditioned, right? Right. <laughs> so, if you're gonna play hockey at a competitive level, it needs to have hitting. Hitting is part of the game. Yes, it is. Boom. There's there's nothing else. There's no other. There's no other option. So Lundqvist. Has some sick new pads. His yeah. Previous. So let's talk about his pads in New York. They were the Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. With him, and now he's. It's it's crazy because he's going to like one iconic town to another iconic town, right? Um, that both have like so many great buildings that you can, you can put on equipment, I guess. But uh, Lundquist has some awesome pads. I don't. Do you know what brand they were? Was it CCM? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. Well, it was either CCM or Bauer, I'm pretty sure. I think it might have been Bauer, actually. But it's got the Capitol building on it. Got the Weagle as yeah, well. looks sweet. Yeah. These pads are sick. So I'm I'm pumped to to watch him stop some pucks with those. And you got to love it. You know, I mean, the guy's an immaculate dresser and, and just such a silver fox, right? Yeah. So, so just... He's a man rocket. Yeah, just coming in and and uh, just straight up swag right there as as he as he comes into DC is is amazing. I love to see it. Yeah, it's uh he he's 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 all in. Absolutely right, and I can't wait to see the dynamic between him and Samsonov. I hope that I hope that it's good, and and I I can't wait to see him play in Rock in the Red. Yeah, same. All right, Caps fans, remember, if you go to summerskates.com right now and order a pair of these sick sandals, you know, they have like every, they have like almost every big name on there. So if you can pick your favorite player, you can pick your own, you can just pick blank ones, right? Black or white. I think, honestly, these yellow ones caught my eye and I had to have them because I wear yellow laces anyways when I play and because they're Ovi. So like it was just a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, there was the OV with white, yeah. but since he uses the yellow, this just made sense. Right, and such a good brand, such good branding there by summerskates.com. Check them out. Go to summerskates.com. If you order a pair of these sandals, you get a matching koozie for free right now. Um, these things are super high quality. I like them. I, I'm going to wear them a lot. I can already tell with socks, without socks, you know, I'm not here to tell you what's styling and what's not, but you can do whatever you want where I'm, I might go golfing in them. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, <clears throat> they portion, feel that sturdy. A portion of every purchase goes to charity. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Thanks for reminding me of that. A percentage of every sale of the summer skates goes to cancer research. So they've already donated over $100,000. And really, that's the main reason that we wanted to be included in this promo um, when when they reached out. And it was, you know, we're not here to, we're, we don't, we're not making any money off this as of yet. But the big thing was, is that like, hey, if you send us some of your product and we like it, let us pump you up because we love that you are doing this for charity. So with over $100,000 donated already, a percentage of every single one of the sales at summerskates.com goes to cancer research. Not much of a better cause than that, you know, um, and it's just straight up money to the, to the uh, foundations. So all good stuff there. Again, summerskates.com. Follow them on social, Instagram, Twitter, at Summer Skates. Get a pair. Do your part. Do it. Absolutely. I mean... You won't regret it. You won't. You'll love the product, first of all. And then second of all, you can you know, feel comfortable about some of your dollars going to a good cause. Absolutely. All right, Caps fans. Well, that wraps it up for us right now. We are going to kick you over to my interview with... Richard Blosser, the host of the Grit and Barrett podcast, has a lot of good stuff uh, to talk about, talking about the pipeline of players that are coming up and really refuting that whole worst pipeline in the NHL. We hope you enjoy it. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am flying solo without Polly Cupcakes for this interview, but we do have a very special friend of the podcast joining us. His name is Richard Blosser, and he is the host of the Grit and Barrett podcast, and he reps the Hershey Bears, so uh, a bit of a, a Pennsylvania guy um, who is, from what I understand, local. And has been a Hershey Bears fan. We're here to talk about some prospects and what the Caps can can expect in the next couple of years. Rich, how you doing, man? Hockey Troll, what is up, my man? Great to be on the show, man. Thank you for having me on and being with the Bullet Club of the Hockey Podcast Network. Great to be with <laughs> you, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for all the support you give us on on social media, especially Twitter. And uh, you know, it's been it's been good to see uh, see you chirping us and and letting us know because <laughs> we should put it out there for all of our fans that uh, you are a Penguins fan. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, yes, so, Your Honor, I am. So that <laughs> so that's the first check mark against you. But I think you more than make up with it. Repping our Hershey Bears. Um, out there in, in chocolate town in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, which, you know, has been up to recently, I guess, and we won't get into too deep, but the best town and the really only saving grace of Pennsylvania in my eyes. So, you know, tell us about how you have been, uh, you know, like what brought you, have you always lived out there or what, what, tell us your story, man. Well, uh, it was about uh, 10 years ago I started going to uh, Hershey Bears games. And actually, I kind of followed the team from afar throughout a lot of my childhood because the uh, the Hershey Bears are right next door 
in the Hershey Park and Entertainment uh, Megaplex that's out here. Sure. So the old barn's always always been there, and but I've just never had a chance personally to go to a game. So my one roommate um, offered, hey, uh, we're going to a game. Why don't you go sometime in 2009? And I went opening night with him. They then they put a another Calder Cup banner in the Raptors that season. And I was just off to the races after that. About five years ago, I became a full season ticket holder. Awesome, man. Um, I think you cut out a little bit on that. But basically, 10 years ago, went to a game. And now you're a season ticket holder, hooked ever since, saw them yep. hang a banner, um, a couple yep. banners in your tenure as a fan, correct? Unfortunately, just just one. That was okay. 2009, 2010. But I have seen them go to another finals in 2014, 2015 uh, with uh, and they lost to the Cleveland Monsters. So um, so. I, I've seen share of success. Unfortunately, I've seen a, a good bit of failure as well. So like Hershey Park, it's been a roller coaster up and down, up and down. But that's why I call the Hershey Bears the unofficial 15th roller coaster of Hershey, Hershey Park. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, <laughs> so good stuff, man. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I love the podcast. It's full energy. I love the energy and the, uh, and the vibe that you've got. So um, you mm-hmm. know, good luck to you there. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I've been reading that the caps and I'm, you know, admittedly, uh, Polly and I are not prospect hounds. We, we don't do a, a great bit of scouting. Um, because for me, I, I want to see the guy when he hits the NHL, I want to see what he can do right, at the big right. club. Right. Um, yeah. So what, I mean, are there guys and, and I've, like I said, I've read that we've had, the the worst farm system uh, for the past couple years out of all the NHL teams. Now, is there any basis to that? Well, let me take you back a few years ago uh, when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup and went on the run that they did. That really came at the expense of the farm system. When you sign a lot of free agents and trade away draft picks, that really picks your, your farm club dry and when you just run out of prospects in the AHL, you try and find that mix between uh, player development and winning. It just it, it gets really hard when you keep trading away draft picks and prospects and just sure. not allow guys to 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 uh, develop. So over the past uh, two years, there have been guys coming into the system. The pipeline has been repaired. Over the past year or two, it's not on the level, let's say, uh, Providence in Boston or uh, Montreal and Laval or Toronto and Toronto. Mm-hmm. But it's it it is getting better. It is like you're seeing guys like uh, Garrett Pilon, Brian Pinho, Martin Fedyari, Alexander Alexiev, who are getting cups of coffee and Capitals guys are going. Yeah. Yeah. Call him up. Call him up. Ilya Samsonov. Brandon Holtby, those two all came through Hershey as well. In fact, probably the last three out of the four goaltenders you've seen up there manning the crease in DC have all come through Chocolate Town. Absolutely. And and the cool part is is that I mean, you've got to see Jay Beagle, right? Who's mm-hmm, one of my favorite players. Uh and and John Carlson even. John Carlson, Carl Alsner, both 
came through Hershey as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So those were kind of those were caps uh, born and bred, if you will, in the system. I yes, and they they've had success with both DC and uh, and uh, Hershey as well. Like John Carlson, he was a part of that 2009 2010 Calder Cup winning team. So the man's been a champion at uh at every level. Absolutely, and and so I guess with putting the member berries down. Let's talk about what Caps fans have to look forward to uh, in the pipeline. I mean, who and, – and let's start with the forward core because mm-hmm. this is something that Caps fans have been so spoiled on for the past decade, having Ovechkin, having an explosive offensive core, you know, even all the way back to Alexander Simmon. Like, what do we have to look forward to as far as forwards go? Well, you got to see him in the bubble hockey tournament. That was a Garrett Pilon, number 64. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that because he wears my number 64. Nice. Um, but Jacob Verona came through the system as well. So there has been forwards that have come out of Hershey and that have made that Hershey to a DC jump. Those are two names to look forward to. One guy we're really looking forward to this season, hopefully, is Connor McMichael, who was, I believe, a second-round draft pick at one point. An OHL prospect, a guy who's been rumored to come up to D.C. for for a while. Um, we're very excited about getting him in Hershey this year for his first pro season as he spent time in the ju- in, in the juniors over the past year or two. Um, Brian Pinho got a one-year two-way deal. And Shane Gersich just recently got an extension as well, who's turning into a good two-way winger. So, um there are some guys that are in the system right now that DC can look forward to. They may or may not become household names, but if a guy gets injured, there's a guy you can call on. Absolutely. And really, I mean, it, it, it's brutal to play as a bear or as a, you know, possibly even top six forward in uh, the DC pipeline, because the top six in DC are pretty solid. And not only that, there's so much cap wrapped up into them that they're going to be staples. They're, they're not going to be moved up and down too much. So you really have to come out mm-hmm. and make a splash. But as we've seen in the, in almost every playoff series for the past decade is that the depth matters. And that's hopefully where your farm comes in. So, you know, I like Gersich. Um, I would have liked to see more of Pilon. Uh, and and I'm hoping that this this McMichael guy can really contribute in bottom six minutes uh, at the NHL level. So while he had a great junior season, I'd love to see him, you know, really tear it up in Hershey. Same same here. It's been a while since we're we've been excited about a a forward coming into Hershey and really putting up uh, points. That hasn't been a part of former championship chip teams. So we're excited. Hopefully we'll get to see Connor McMichael this year, assuming we do have an AHL season, but that's, that, that's another show. <laughs> exactly. All, exactly. And, and just quickly on that, I will say I am, I am very um, optimistic that you will, that the NHL will play in some capacity, whether you get to see them live or not, which is really the big draw of minor league hockey is the accessibility, Correct. you know? Um, and you know what? I've never been wrong. So 
<laughs> hey, there you go. I hope that I hope yeah. that helps you. <laughs> I right. we'll we'll take all the good luck and blessings and good juju we can get at this point. Because I, I talked I, I talked about that on on this past week's podcast is that um is that even though the 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 starting date got pushed back to February fourth, it kicked the can down the line, and we are hoping that that time gives time for us to to get a plan together where the AHL is going to have a season in some form, whether it's a shortened 40 game sprint or however many else are, they want to have, because you you can't burn a year of player develop, development. I mean, one can stop Absolutely. short due to last year, but you can't just say, Oh, well, we'll just push it off to next October. They'll be fine. No, that's an entire, that's an entire year of a prospect you're, you're losing that you don't get back. No doubt. Absolutely. I mean, these guys aren't getting any younger, that's for sure. Um, so moving on to probably something that is more of a uh, at least Rolodex of players is the defensive core. Now, okay. the Capitals have drafted defensemen, uh, you know, aside outside of this last draft and maybe the year before, our top picks have been defensemen for five, six years running. Uh, and it seemed like a good move then. And I think that they've picked well. And, you know, though being a playoff team, they always pick low, right? So mm-hmm. it, it just seems like um, defensemen have been kind of the bread and butter. And I feel like that's – I feel that all teams should build from the net out anyways. So I don't mind having a plethora of defensemen, especially because they become very valuable bargaining chips uh, in whatever the big club needs to do, right? So – Talk to me about Hershey's defensive core and what can we expect in the next couple of years or maybe even this year uh, from Hershey? The two names I really want to give your audience is Alexander Alexiev and Martin Feviari. These are two players that last year before the world shut down were actually doing pretty well in, a, in Hershey. Alexiev scored on literally his first shot at his first game at Giant Center last season against <laughs> nice. a goalie. You might have heard of him. His name was Casey DeSmith. Uh, <laughs> so he he showed great promise right away. He's really smart with the puck, knows when to dump the puck in and not just to try to, to take the puck in and make a play. And to see that out of a young 19-year-old, 19, 20-year-old, is just really refreshing to uh, to see. So he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Martin Fiviari was another high draft pick as well, at least as high as a Stanley Cup champion team can make. Sure. And he's made some really good prospects as well. I think he was at about 10 or 15 points before the season shut down. And it seemed like he was a prospect that the Capitals were really high on, like when they had the early season injuries and they were traveling through Canada, Martin got called up. And it seemed like he took, like, he's a guy who's really eager to be in whatever role the organization gives him, whether it's a defensive minute minutes eater or a defenseman who can jump in and make a play with the offense. Uh, it's a coach's dream to have somebody like that. So we're really blessed to have two really good prospects in Hershey with Fiviari and Alexander Alexiev, just really good stuff out of them. Absolutely. And I had heard that Alexiev is now right now playing over in Sweden, just as like on a loan. Um, 
Which is Correct. good. At least he's getting ice time. And I like that kid. I, I liked the pick. I liked it when it came out. I like how his development's going. Um, you know, the limited knowledge I do have of him. And I am hoping that he will kind of be a bit of an Orlov, more of like a Dmitry Orlov type uh, player. Or, you know, if his offensive knack really kind of develops into something that he can be consistent in, uh, maybe even like a, a John Carlson type junior, you know, uh, a second mm-hmm. power play guy after we get rid of Schultz or whatever happens with him. And that would be a great person to develop alongside uh, John Carlson. And with uh, Favriari, he, you're right. He had a lot of reps with the caps this year. As a matter of fact, I think when it came down to training camp, it was either him or Siegenthaler. I, I thought that Favriari could have, he was just like, he, he was just uh short of being able to be called off the full-time roster this year. So, you know, a couple more years, maybe he becomes that Jonas Siegenthaler type guy uh, once we have to move on from other contracts on the blue line. And I think that this year is huge for Ferriari. If he can content, if he can come out and have a huge dominating presence in the AHL, you know, put up good numbers and then still have that attitude that you're talking about as far as being able to do whatever the coach wants in any role yep. and excel there. Mm-hmm. You might see him uh, wearing the red in DC uh, maybe as, as soon as this year, depending on how injuries wrap up. But, you know, I think that he's really eyeing up next year. Yeah. And there's another guy who's coming in this year, who's just been laden with injuries. Uh, Lucas Johansson, um, he, this kid's caught the injury bug throughout his entire, uh, entry level deals. Um, he's been, uh, picked on by fans a, a little bit, which, which mm-hmm. tends to happen with some defenseman, defenseman down there. Right. Um, but I just never felt like he was someone who got a fair shake because always injured, you know, it just, it unfortunately happens. So we're looking to get a good full season out of him. Another guy I, I really like, and this is the last name I'll, I'll throw out on the defensive side, is Bobby Nardella. Irish, baby. He <laughs> has just been absolutely incredible. This kid has been a power play cannon. He's had three game-winning goals as a defenseman. Great clutch goals as well. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time. He's really developing a name down here. So as I've called him, on several recaps and uh, on my uh, goalposts, Bobby freaking Nardella, this kid, <laughs> I, I I think he's going to go places. He, he's, he's an expiring this year, but he, all I got to say is just watch him play. He's really great. Great shot. Great with the puck. And just, I can't say enough. I'm gushing. I'm gushing about him. He's that good. <laughs> And and that's interesting because that is a team that it, or I mean that is a name that escapes me. I don't I have no idea that guy was nowhere near my radar. So hey, the Caps can take and you know any hockey team really can will take any gems that they can find in in that mm-hmm. aspect. So very cool. Uh, I, I love it. And and let's move on. Finally, now as you had alluded to earlier, the. Capitals farm system on the goaltending position has been pretty goddamn knockout for the past oof, decade. You know, I mean, new decade and a half. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of them, right? I mean, going all the way mm-hmm. back to Newverth, really, uh, and into Holtby and everybody else yeah. uh, has really been a homegrown person. And this is kind of a, a hidden secret, or not really a secret, but a, a, a solid, I guess, goalpost, for lack of a better term, that the Cavs can really hang on is that they can farm their goaltending position and keep it cheap. And that, and you know, we saw it with Braden Holpe, though mm-hmm. we've expressed our sorrows of having him go for less than $5 million a year to Vancouver, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, you know, you, we've, we get these goalies in their prime. When they become too expensive, they go get paid elsewhere and, and do well. I mean, Grubauer, uh, you, you saw it with, you know, you're seeing it with Holpe, even though, you know, he's had a couple down seasons, yada, yada, whatever. Um, but, Tell me about the goaltending position right now in Hershey. Who are your two starters? Our two starters right now are Phoenix Copley and Vitek Vanacek. And um, I will open one out and pour one out for uh, for Brandon Holtby, the, the Lord and Savior of Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I might joke, the guy's a town in Western Canada. Right. So, um, um, Phoenix Copley has been in the system for a couple years now, coming back from, uh, St. St. Louis for a few years, originally yeah. drafted by the Capitals, Alaskan kid. Um, he's been a great goaltender. Um, he's really stepped, really stepped up in playoff experiences as well as provided a good backstop. Um, he's a fan favorite down here because he was the last goalie fight we had. <laughs> and when you have that, you instantly win over a fan base. Go look up uh, for your listeners. Hershey Bears, Bridgeport Sound Tigers, Phoenix Copley fight 2016. You'll thank me later. <laughs> um, so you have him and you have Vitek Vanacek, who's really been kind of a hidden gem, as you said, um, because Brandon Holtby has dominated the crease and it's been a rotating backup spot for so long. But this kid came up through Reading. Uh, when they when writing was still the affil- no South Carolina, my mistake came up from South Carolina up to Hershey, started and just became a cult favorite in Hershey. His he is absolutely gold on the microphone when he does the post game interview. Besides being a good goalie, he'll always just come out and go, "Thank you, Hershey, love you very much," and the crowd <laughs> goes nuts whenever he does it it before the big shutdown happened and we're really excited to have them in chocolate town yet again providing a sturdy backstop with them uh zachary fuseli uh got signed as well um kind of a bit of a journeyman as well he'll probably jump around between south carolina and hershey but for now it's copley and vtech and we're really ex- excited to uh to have them Absolutely. And, um, sorry, you cut out a little bit there, but VTech is, was, is the guy, I think, for the next NHL spot. And the reason I say that yeah. is because, you know, Copley kind of, he's had a sh- couple of shots and he's, he's floundered a bit. And I don't think that the, the club really loves him in that sense. I, I don't think he's an NHL goalie. Uh, is that, is that kind of the, is that why he's such a fan favorite? Because he offers some stability in the position in Hershey? Yeah, he does. And again, he's a, a, a fan favorite down here. Um, we kind of thought that the Capitals were either going to make that jump or probably trade him because we've got some other goalies in the pipeline as as well. I guess it's a good problem to have, which is 
too many goaltenders. Right. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if Copley is a bargaining chip for the uh, the trade trade deadline or might even be exposed for uh, for Seattle. Who knows? Because that's going to be coming into play over the next year. So um, I, I think he's doing pretty good at, at the at the AHL level and um, just basically store him away, store him away for the time being. Absolutely. Right. And going back to VTech, I mean, he was he was the backup, correct, throughout most of last season before the cancellation? Yeah, it was about of a one two spot. One two, uh, both in my opinion, were fairly even in terms of like who was playing. So, um, oh, he- and so with Copley, I mean, it, I feel like he would be a good, uh, he'd be, he could be a bargaining chip. I don't know. I mean, I get there, there are going to be guys, and that's the best part about minor league hockey is that the guys that really, you almost don't want them to get picked up, right? Because you, you fall in love with them. They're great players. They're great for the community, et cetera, et cetera. And then they're gone if they're good, right? But Correct. you kind of like, what's, what's that like in the, in the sense of from being a fan, right? I mean, are you, are you in agreement with me? Yeah, I am. And that was actually something not to repeat myself, but I said that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when you saw guys like uh, Tyler Lewington, Riley Barber start to move on. And the general fan sentiment was, oh, that's my daughter's favorite. My <laughs> niece really liked him. Oh, he he gave a stick to to uh, to my son, which is which is all great, which is all great. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that's what I hear. Right. Um, but with this is not like the NHL where you're going to have guys stick around for five, six, seven, ten years with sure. one organization. Um, in the AHL, it's pretty much you get drafted, you come in, you stay the majority of your entry level contract. Maybe you get an extra year or two if the organization really likes you, and typically you move on. It's about a three to five year window, and you can only try it. Like I tell people not to get too attached to these players because they are going to move on. Right. It's again, this isn't the NHL where they're going to spend, spend eight years with a club. It's only around three to five. So it, it's a rotating door. Unfortunately, that's what happens in a developmental league. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now that, and that's great. I I love the takes. I love the, uh, I love the info. Um, and it You're does welcome. sound it does sound like the the caps aren't completely belly up in the pipeline. You know, obviously we've had to make some moves and we'll probably make some more because every year that Ovechkin and Backstrom are here, it's win now. So, I mean, this is all good stuff and and I'm glad to hear that it's not complete uh just just uh I guess getting pounded on in Hershey, right? No, no because back in uh 15 16 we had our worst season which i think we only won like 20 games and when you're hershey pretty much the new york yankees of the of the american hockey league that's that's a really miserable season to go through and it's one i don't want to go through again especially when we go 2 and 14 at the ppl against the lehigh valley phantoms and 0 for 6 at the ppl center that is that that's not fun. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I have to ask you about one thing that Hershey does and it's the teddy bear toss. 
Have you been there live for that before? Yes. And yes, it is fan freaking tastic. It is so much fun to go to. And it's just like it. Look, yes, everything you've heard about Teddy Bear Toss Night is absolutely true. I've been up there in 217. And when the first goal goes in, I'm kind of like an army commander. And I'll step back from the microphone a second. I'll go, 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 throw the teddy bears, go. (laughs) And it just rains teddy bears down out onto the ice we kind of have a competition between us and the calgary hitmen um over who can have the most teddy bears now they're at the freaking saddle dome where the flames play so of course you get more people in there right but um we were able to get over forty thousand bears last time onto the ice and it just rains teddy bears whenever it happens it's really popular here in the community People show up with garbage bags full of teddy bears. And I try to do that through my job. People can bring in old teddy bears they don't use. And so many community outreaches that happen with the teddy bear toss. I mean, I I could go on over what this does. And over the holiday season, after they're collected and cleaned up, they are dispatched to, uh, to local hospitals in and around the central Pennsylvania area for for kids fighting cancers and other other diseases and illnesses so it's it it is such a great cause it's such a good thing in the hockey community and um um i even among your your fans who have a local other clubs try to do this as well go partake in it it's it's a really good time that's awesome man and that it's it looks like such madness and then once the madness is done and it sinks in that like wow that many you know, kids' lives are going to be touched by what just happened in the past, you know, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever that is, uh, mm-hmm. is, is just such a great feeling. And, and I, I love, I watch it every year. I like look for it every time <laughs> on, uh, on social media. So, and I, and we always share it through the, uh, through all of our socials. So great oh, stuff awesome. there. Thank man. you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, uh, I guess, the last question here is that, uh, you know, I mean, I know we kind of touched on it. What's your outlook for the AHL? What's going to happen? What, what do you, what do you say? I am cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm kind of like we all are here in the States. I think we're kind of waiting for this, uh, election hurricane to kind of pass over and let this whole, um, political government system kind of, uh, reset itself in a way because that's something that unfortunately we're kind of at the mercy of right now that there are so many state local federal international health safety guidelines that have to be cleared and it just we just don't have that much to go off of right now the echl has got a plan which is the double a uh developmental league uh they a handful of their teams are starting up on December 15th and then the rest of the league will join in in about a month later, I think like January 19th with a couple of teams in that league opting out. I could see in the AHL where you'll probably have an opt out option for some teams. Um, it'll probably be a lot more regional gameplay uh, with Hershey. That's not too much of an issue, but we'll see how it is throughout the league. Right. I, I think the league will find a way to, uh, to make this happen. But in the back of my mind, it won't surprise me if, if, if just nothing's worked out that there might, 
realistically might not be an American Hockey League season this year and we just punt all the way to October 2021. I don't want to see that happen and I don't believe it happened, but there is a very real possibility. Absolutely. And I mean, anything can happen. And like you said, it's fluid. But as we said earlier in the interview, I, I've never been wrong. And I, and I do believe that there will be hockey, uh, especially at the AHL level uh, next season. You kind of have to have it because uh, I don't think that all of these clubs have European uh, leagues that, or teams that are willing to take the massive influx of literally every player they're trying to develop. Right. I mean, I would, I would think there's at least five per AHL team. Right. So that's a lot of players yeah. to find homes for in, in smaller leagues, really. So <clears throat> it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but, uh, you know, keep fighting the good fight. And I'm, I'm sure that we'll come out here on top. Uh, Richard, man, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on with, uh, us here at the Caps Trip podcast. Tell uh tell everybody where we can find you. Do do your do your do your plugging, man. All right. Um I host the Grit and Barrett podcast. That's G R I T and Barrett uh podcast. Um that's Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter, which is well I'll post the episodes and a few other updates as uh as well. Um along with my own regular Twitter Twitter feed rbloss 64 um, I try to drop new episodes on Monday and, um, I, the, the content might be a little starved right now because we don't have a lot to go on, but a couple of pro a couple of projects I do have coming along are some retrospectives on some Calder cup winning teams, um, preferably the, uh, 05, 06, 08, 09 and 09, 10 Hershey bears teams I am working on as well. So that kind of plays on that as well. And um, you can find me on where, wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Google, not on Apple Podcasts as of yet, uh, Player FM, and uh, Podcast as well. Awesome. Great stuff, man. Well, I hope you stay safe during these, these crazy times, but uh, we'll definitely be chatting, I'm sure, over Twitter. Uh, it's funny because, you know, you are a little bit of a. Uh, you're torn, right? Because you want AHL to do well. You want the Caps to draft well, but you don't want them to do good on the NHL level, which, you know, some people make bad decisions. I guess that was yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want them to do well just enough. But, um, you know, when after Kuznetsov scored that goal in game six, I, I said to myself, go win the Stanley Cup, guys. <laughs> and I hopped on board for that crazy ride. And honestly, even speaking as a Yenzer, I was glad to see you guys win that cup. I was very happy for the Capitals to uh, to get that. So, um, so um, you know, I don't, I, dang it, head before mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, I don't mind playing both sides of the fence as well. I, I do like seeing the Capitals succeed, and I look forward to getting back down to Capital One Arena and catching one down there in D.C. Absolutely, man. Um, well, hey, again, thanks a lot for coming on. Caps fans, if you want to know about the Hershey Bears, follow Richard, tune into the Grit and Barrett podcast, and you're going to get a nice, I mean, uh, a super in-depth look at the farm system and how it affects us. Until next time, man. 
Caps fans, we're back. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Richard Blosser. Check him out. Grit and Barrett podcast. Good stuff. If you want to learn more about the prospects and the Hershey crowd, definitely check him out. Huge, huge energy. Lots of good vibes from that podcast. Please give him a look. Polly, got anything else? We're one week closer to the season, no matter when that is. That, that is true. Always the optimist Polly Cupcakes is. Um, that's why he's such a snack. Until next time, Caps fans, it's Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.